bow with me. In like manner, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this fruit of the vine, which represents the blood of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins. Please be with us all as we partake of it this time, Father. This helps to do so in a well-pleasing manner to you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. That concludes the Lord's Supper. As a matter of convenience, we now take up the collection for the work of the church for the benefit of mankind. Dear Lord, we pray that we will use these tokens of our appreciation wisely to spread the word and the hope that you've given mankind. Dear Lord, please help us to do the right things with these funds. In Christ's name we pray, amen.
skies above your grave, you are consoled.
Let us pray. Lord, we give you all the thanks in the world. We, we give you thanks for all the blessings in which you give us every day, our friends, our family, our church, our work. Lord, but most of all, we give you thanks for your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for, to, for our remission of our sins, Lord. Lord, every day we, we struggle. Every day we fight temptation. Lord, we pray that you give us strength to work through those days. Lord, we give you thanks for allowing us to come to your house of worship today. Pray that you be with Matt as he prepares to give us a lesson. Pray that we take that lesson, Lord, and, and lead our week and, and show that we are truly a member of your church. Lord, pray that you be with the leaders of this world so they make right decisions. Lord, we pray that you forgive us our many sins. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Be our song before mass lesson. Ask you to stand, please. <laughs> Chapter 3, verse 25. And if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. So thankful that you are here and we are. So thankful that you've come and decided to worship with us this morning. We hope that our worship so far has been according to the word and spirit and truth. It is such a blessing to be able to stand before you and proclaim the word of God. God's word is living and powerful, isn't it? And it is something that will move you to do the right thing. It will make you feel when you do wrong and it will allow you to change those things and make those things that are right, uh, those things that are wrong in your life right. I do want to say one thing. Uh, we've got a uh, deal going on on the 14th of April and we're about to go and hit the community uh, and tell them hopefully about the good news. We're going to invite them to come. We're going to uh, share our lives with them for probably just a few moments at the door. And if, 
you want to be a part of that, I encourage you, please come and just support it and help in this work. It will be a great work, and it is a blessing to show our community who we serve and why we serve him. Amen? It's a, it's a great work that we have getting planned, and I'm really excited about being a part of it. This morning, I want to begin our series in talking about serving And I want to start out with a lesson on serving our families, how we can serve our families. It's been said that the greatest source of happiness in life is the family. It also has been said that the greatest source of frustration and disappointment in people's lives is dealing with family. Would you say that that's a true statement? Probably, right? Some of us have... Uh, dealt with family situations, maybe dealing with them now, but some of uh, life's greatest frustrations and disappointments come from the family. But every one of us is a part of a family. In fact, we're probably a part of several families, right? You can't help uh, that God designed family to be the basic unit of all society, As goes the family, so goes our communities, right? That is also true within the church. As goes the families, so goes the church. We are beginning this study, and I want us to think about our families. In what ways can we serve them? What ways can we serve the family members? In what ways can we strengthen our families to be what they need to be according to the Lord? The verse that was just read says, If a house is divided against itself, that house can't stand. What things can we do to not let this happen when it comes to our families? I'm really excited about this lesson, brethren. And I'm really excited for you to Listen to what it says and apply these things to your lives because every single one of these points you can increase on. Every single one of these points, you may be phenomenal at it, but you can be better. It is a great lesson, and boy, what a challenge it was to me uh, in making it. The first thing is consistency. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11 and 12 says this, And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11 and 12. Parents, do your children see you love the Lord consistently by your actions? Do they see you have love for your spouse on a consistent basis? Do your children hear you referring to and talking about the Word of God on a consistent basis in your home? Is prayer with the family something that is consistent in your house, over your meals, over your sicknesses over the struggles you know a family that prays together what stays together you heard that before do your children see your faithfulness to the Lord by the importance of worship and the support of the congregation here at Fountainhead that we attend on a consistent basis Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Are you consistently doing that with your children? Are you training them in the way that they need to go? Are your examples at the house, the way that you do things, a training method for the children that are in the home? 
Is your discipline consistent? Is it a unified front between the parents? What about the parents whose children are grown and gone? Are these still true in your life? Do your children see the love for the Lord on a consistent basis? Do they see the love you have for your spouse on a consistent basis? Do your children, do your grandchildren hear you referring and talking about the Word of God on a consistent basis in your home? You remember what Joshua said when he was just about done with his speech to the Israelites? He was just about dead. He said, choose this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. Is that your mind frame on a consistent basis? Grandparents, parents, uncles, aunts. Children. Colossians chapter 3 verse 20 says this. Children, obey your parents. In all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. That is a powerful verse. Teenagers, middle school, elementary kids, obeying your parents in all things is well-pleasing to the Lord. Children, do your parents see your love for the Lord on a consistent basis? By your obedience to them? Do you respect the discipline you receive knowing that your parents are looking out for your best interest? Do you tell your parents you love them on a consistent basis? Boy, I'm over the top with it, ain't I? But brethren, consistency is the key. You want to talk about a man who was always consistent, you look to Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. There wasn't one time he wasn't consistent. Children, is your prayer life consistent? Do your parents see your faithfulness by your desire to want to attend worship and be involved in the activities of the congregation? In order for our families to be strong... In order for us to serve them the way we need to, we must all take our part in being consistent with all diligence, with all determination, with all resolve. What else can we learn? How else can we serve our families? Well, we must serve them with humility. If we want our families to be godly and strong in the Lord, we must serve a heavy dose of humility to each member. Amen? It takes humility for people to show deep care for others. Jesus washing dirty, nasty feet. To be able to set aside oneself for another is huge, isn't it? Especially in the family. We always want to uh, the other to take care of us, don't we? <laughs> Libby, I love her so much, but she's figured it out. I always would have her scratch my back, right? I mean, I like when she scratched my back because it felt good. She's finally figured out that it's not so fun to always be the back scratcher. So now she wants me to scratch her back. Yeah, right up there, uh-huh. Yeah, right over there to the left. So I find myself moving around on her back all the time. And then I say, well, how about my turn? And she'll say, yeah, in just a minute. (laughs) Seriously. But when we have the attitude of humility, watch what happens. Children get to talk about issues at school with us. 
homework and the anxieties of life begin to be discussed in the home when you show that you care for them. Spouses get to air out work-related problems and family issues. And they see that you're interested in what they're talking about. Children get to show support and love for their parents by asking how their day went and helping with things around the house that may not really be their responsibility. Isn't that awesome to see those things? Isn't that awesome to just see your kids help out, do something extra? Philippians chapter 2 verse 3 says this, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Powerful verse. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 23, I love this verse. Think about this one. A man's pride will bring him low. But the humble in spirit will retain honor. (laughs) Why was Jesus preaching humility? Why was Jesus the person who was the example, the epitome of humble? Because it retains honor. When you show that you care about somebody, (laughs) it changes the game, don't it? Especially in your family. We all have problems. We all have struggles. And if we are too busy, stuck in our own world, then we miss out on time we could be spending with our spouses. With our kids. With our grandkids. What we end up doing is creating distance between our family and it begins to suffer because one of the members doesn't have time because their life has become too important. Our family should be a place where we're ready to help and care for each other and care for the needs of each other. Children, Do you see this when you look at your dad and mom? Parents, do you see this when you think about your children? Are we serving up humility in our homes, parents? Children? Grandparents? What else can we learn this morning? How can we serve our families? (laughs) With forgiveness. Think about those three things. Consistency, humility, and forgiveness. The Lord's Prayer is a powerful prayer. Showing the disciples Jesus, uh, showing the disciples how they should pray. And in Matthew chapter 6 verse 12, he says... And forgive us, you remember this part in the prayer where he says, And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Big time. Because at the end of that, what does it say? If you're not willing to forgive, who's not going to forgive you? The Father who is in heaven. One of the most powerful acts of godliness we could serve to our families is the concept of forgiveness. The Lord's Prayer goes like this. Forgive us, Lord, because we've sinned against you. And in turn, I'm going to forgive those who have sinned against me. Man, no questions asked. I am so thankful. I am so appreciative of you forgiving me, Lord, because I done blew it many a time. And I still blow it. But you know what? I'm going to have the same mindset that you have towards me, and I'm going to be willing to forgive my family. 
That's hard for me. I'll just be real about it. If I want a strong family, I must be willing to forgive. Now, when we deal with children, parents, we all know, and and if you are new parents, you're going to soon find out that kids are going to let you down, aren't they? And it hurts. You tell them and you tell them and you tell them, don't do it, please don't do it, and then there they go and they do it. And it turns out just like you told them. And it hurts because you don't want them to. Husbands and wives, and I, I, I hate to tell this, and I, I don't really want to, and I'm glad Aaron left because she hasn't found this out yet. Uh, and, and really, it may come back to shock her, but we're going to let each other down. That worked out. Perfect, man. I mean, come on. Y'all got to like that, man. I mean, look, there she's peeking back. See? I mean, that worked out great. But we're going to let each other down. And either say or do things that are sinful towards each other. And children, parents will do and say things sometimes out of line toward you, and they may even do something in front of you that's sinful. But with all that being said, and I'm not promoting sin, I'm saying when someone is ready to ask for forgiveness, when they know that they've done wrong, we should be ready to give it to them. Amen? In order for us to have godly families built on godly principles, this is a major one. God Almighty has offered a chance for us to be forgiven of our sins against him. You remember the parable of the wicked servant? (laughs) I mean, you remember what happens? He goes and he begs and he says, just give me some more time. I'll pay you the debt back, sir. And what does he do? He has compassion on him and he forgives him the debt. He actually eliminates it. And then the servant goes out and this debt that was owed to him, what does he do? He goes up and ties this dude up, puts him in jail. Dude, you better pay me back. No mercy, no grace. That's not it. That's not it. In turn, we should be willing to do the same, especially to our families. Be willing to lend the hand of forgiveness. When we have a heart that is ready to forgive, what happens in return should be family members. This is, this is good stuff. Watch this. When we have a heart that is ready to forgive, what happens in return should be family members who appreciate that and show it by good deeds back at the forgiver, right? That's how Christianity works. If we're all on the same page, if we're all on the same mission, if we're all seeking to go see Jesus one day, this is exactly how it comes out. I appreciate you forgiving me. I did mess up. I did blow it. I did do the wrong thing. Will you forgive me? Absolutely, I'll forgive you. I thank you for that. This should begin the process that strengthens the family and pulls them closer together. Not that what they did doesn't hurt. Not that they did wasn't, uh, was not wrong. It may have absolutely been wrong. They may have to suffer through the consequences of what they've done. But what it means is you're there for them. You're going to walk with them. The last thing, and the greatest thing, is love. We live in a world that is carried away with the concept of me, 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 ain't it? 
But if we look to the Word and we use these principles uh, we just talked about this morning, what we will see is everybody in the family, like I said, is on the same page. A family that cares about each other and is determined to be there for each other, no matter what, is a successful family. Not that I'm going to be engaged in your sinful acts. Not that I'm going to be a part of the things that you do contrary to God's word, because I'm going to call you on it. We're going to talk about it. We're going to deal with it. But I'm going to be there for you in the situation. I'm not going to shy away from it and ignore it. I'm going to be a part of it. I'm going to say, what you're doing ain't right. What can I do to help you? What can I do to be there for you? Love. And I want you to think about your families. I want you to think about your wife. I want you to think about your grandkids when I read this off. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Think about your kids. Think about your spouse. Think about your grandkids. Love does not envy. Think about your parents. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things and endures all things. That's big time. That's family. That's what our families must be about. Jesus said, A house against itself cannot stand. Is that true about your family this morning? Just be real about it. Ask yourself that. Are there some issues that need to be dealt with? Or is it perfect? If it's perfect, please, please come talk to me. Will you? Please. If your relationship with your spouse is perfect, if your relationship with your children is perfect, if your relationship with your parents is perfect, please come talk to me. But are there some areas that need to be strengthened, or do you just not care? You know, I'm pouring my heart out for this. Be real about your life, brethren. One day Jesus Christ is going to come back and he's going to judge us according to our deeds. And if we're not living the way we're supposed to, what a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. Men, where are we at? Are we real about being the leaders of our family? Are we real about holding our kids accountable? Wives, are we there for our husbands? Are we there to support them? Children, are we respectful to our parents? Do we love them and do we care for them? Aunts, uncles, grandparents, I could go all the way around. When we seek first the kingdom, our families and our relationships become real serious. It ain't no joke. I ain't worried about where I'm about to eat. I'm worried about holding myself accountable to what God's Word said to do. And I do it. I fix it. I apologize. I correct. This lesson speaks volumes to me, brethren. And I'm not saying I have a terrible relationship with any of my family members. What I'm saying is I want it to be the absolute best And I ain't going to stop till I get it there. Amen? How's your consistency in spiritual matters? Husband, wife, dad, mom, brother, sister, son, daughter, grandma, grandpa, 
What about your humility or your forgiveness? Have you become so hard-hearted that forgiveness is just out the door? I can't forgive nobody, really. I mean, I've tried it. I've tried it 710 times. I mean, I just can't do it no more. What about this one? Have you exalted yourself so much that you have caused a family member to have grown weary in forgiving you? Whatever the problem is, the blessing of Jesus is it ain't too late. It's not too late. I love the part of the Laodiceans when he gets on them and he talks about being hot or cold and because they're lukewarm, he'll spit them out of his mouth. But at the very end of that letter, he says, those who I love, I chasten and rebuke. What a lesson for me. When I read God's word and it chastens and it rebukes me, I need to sit some things in order, don't I? I need to be a man and say, you know what? I'm falling short in that area. And I need to fix it because I love him so much. Brethren, fix the relationship with the family member. Be the bigger person. Be like Jesus. Let's serve our families the way God wants us to, according to his will. And I'm not saying sway from the truth. I'm not saying stand bold for what he says because that is absolutely what you got to do. But how do you do it? Seasoned with salt, with grace, with mercy, with tenderness, with care because I love your soul so much. I don't want you to go to a place separated from the Lord. Maybe you're here today and you're struggling with that. Maybe you do have some issues with your family. You can make it right today. Go to the person, talk to them. Go to the person and make it right. What a blessing that is. How excited the Lord would be for you to send up a prayer request saying, Lord, I'm ready to make this right. We just learned about it in Proverbs class. It is his delight to hear his people pray to him with matters that concern him. Maybe you're here today and you're not a Christian. Don't wait any longer, friend. I don't know what I'd be doing if I wasn't a Christian. I mean, the blood of Jesus has changed my life. Let it change yours. Don't be embarrassed. Don't think that people are going to make fun of you or talk about you. Who cares? Jesus and the angels are going to be celebrating. Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Peter told him on the day of Pentecost, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And those who gladly received those words were baptized and they were added to them that day. If you need to be saved, if you need to obey the gospel, if you need prayers, whatever you need, come right now. Together we stand to sing.
sing one verse of the song and we close in prayer. He took my burdens all away up to the Let's all bow together. Our Father in heaven, we're so thankful for another beautiful Lord's day that you have blessed us with. We're so thankful for each and every one that's come out this morning, hearing another wonderful message from the Word. We're so thankful for Brother Matt, who has just brought us that wonderful message. We're so thankful for your Word, which is the Bible, that leads us to salvation. Our Father, we are mindful of our sick. We ask you, be with the doctors and nurses, tune to them, that they have a better tomorrow than they had today. You ask, we are so mindful of, we are so thankful for our elders here at Fountainhead. We ask you to give them a long lasting service. We are also thankful for our deacons that work under them. You ask that they'll have a long and lasting service under you. We ask to be with us that we're about to depart and bring us back to the next point of time. This prayer we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>